Welcome to This and That. My name is John Miranda, and I will be your host for this episode. All right, here we go with another episode of freewheeling or running off at the mouth. This is number six. You've probably heard an awful lot about the Ukraine and been reading about it, etc. I'm not going to spend much time on that. I'm going to give you a little different view on it, okay? War is war. It's been going on for a very, very long time. It really is a uh, poor solution to a problem or problems that a country might be having. But nonetheless, it gets used. And let's take a look at why it really gets used. Right now, you can read about what Russia has to say as to why they are doing what they're doing. That is false. War, in order to happen, cannot be afforded, is not afforded. Warring countries have to borrow money in order to buy the materials to conduct a war. They usually don't have it there in their treasuries. So they go to banks. And therein lies the source of war right there. There's a concept called the third-party law, which basically says that in order for a fight or a conflict to exist, there has to be a third party that's known to both combatants, but unsuspected. Now, what's unsuspected is how they go about the third party spewing their evil. What they do fundamentally is they go in the banks. Let's use the bank in this case here, because that's the truth. A banker will send a representative into country A, let's say, who will badmouth country B. And then that banker or that representative will go to country B and badmouth country B regarding country A. So you get these two opponents who have false data about one another, accusations that have been made that are false, and then they come to blows. And that basically is the source of war. So in this case here, it's clearly a financial thing. I mean, if you look at our involvement in it, the money that we've allocated, that we've given to the Ukraine to carry on their war machine, as well as the equipment, this is a lot in, in cost of dollars and cents. Prior to that, there was the whole pandemic. That thing, interestingly enough, started by another communist country, was, in my opinion, completely created. And that wrecked, wreaked a tremendous amount of financial havoc throughout the world. And on top of that, they come behind it with the drug companies, and that costs a lot of money to buy the testing kits and to get the vaccines given to the people, quote-unquote, protect them from this flu virus. That money wasn't sitting in coffers. That had to be requisitioned. And in this country, the Fed is the one where we go to, by the way, a private company, to get the funds necessary to do stupid things like we've been doing for a very, very long time. A side note on politicians, by the way, these guys are primarily lawyers. This is why when you read a bill, you can hardly understand it. They're very good when it comes to using the English language, to confuse, actually. But anyway, lawyers make these rules. They make these laws. And a lawyer, being a politician, well, first of all, lawyers, there's a number of professions that nobody really respects that much, but you have to allow for them. Uh, the police is one. Lawyers are another. Psychiatrists, by the way, are also another. I mean, who wants to be a psychiatrist? But getting back to politicians. So politicians, you think that they would understand about groups and people and how to manage them. They do not. Instead, their main endeavor really is to collect funds, assess taxes, collect those funds, and then spend them willy-nilly with disregard to their value. And this is what goes on. And we see this in this um, dichotomy of the Democrat and the Republican, where the Democrats, you know, 
are uh, fundamentally the blue-collar workers, right? And the Republicans are the business owners. And these two guys, or factions, go head-to-head with the Democrats, you know, um, trying to take away from the Republicans the money that they make in their businesses and give it to the Democrats or the poor people, you know, or the workers. And it's just, it's just a stupid game, you know. They really can't exist without one another. So to have representatives is, is crazy. You know, unions, for example. What a stupid thing that is. The union puts a, um, a position between the workers and management. And so management and the workers can't really communicate back and forth. They have to go via this third entity, which never does really benefit both of them. They're really, the union's really on the side of the worker. And, and it's stupid because the worker cannot exist without the owner of the business. They really can't. But anyway, there's another look at war and what's going on with the Ukraine. Um, obviously, it's costing Russia a lot of money. They're going to have to borrow money to get out of it. So once again, the, the, the winners, as, it, as they always have been, have been the money managers, or in this case, the bankers. There's also been quite a bit of news regarding truckers and particularly in Canada, but now in this country also, uh, protesting the whole mask mandated thing. And I thought that was great. But what I didn't think was so great about it is accounts were set up where you could donate money to support these truckers, the fuel, food, that sort of thing. And those accounts, I think it was done twice. Uh, those accounts were stopped and uh, apparently, um, I don't know, legally they were arrested, so to speak. I don't know if the money ever got... I think one of them, they, they sent the money back to the individuals who donated it. But protesting, or our right to communicate, is a very basic right afforded us by the Constitution. And so when you get a political entity stepping across that, then you get tyranny. And that's exactly what we see here. Shadows of tyranny, specifically in Canada and also in this country. I mean, Canada was complaining about the truckers blocking the traffic and that sort of stuff, and and uh, and they were you know blocked in this country from actually accessing the freeway to get into D.C. But this, those things could have been handled quite well, managing the traffic and let these guys you know move through the cities and whatnot, and put their signs on their trucks. But no, they decided they wanted to use a strong arm of the law, and and this isn't right when you get a country like this country who has a law or has a right, if you will, to communicate. And then when you get political personages, uh, legal personages, trying to infringe upon that, you got trouble. And we have trouble in this country. The current inflation, and hell, I just saw this morning where Biden's uh, signing or wanting to get some other law uh, into effect that raises the budget or something like that, some trillions of dollars. It's like, what's the matter with you? This guy apparently doesn't think, but he's really a puppet. He's really a puppet. And I'll have to say, behind this puppet is the bankers. Because in order for him to get this thing passed, of course, that's going to mean the expenditure of a lot of money that this country doesn't have. Where are they going to go to get it from? They're going to go get it from the Fed, of course, big banks. And so what we have here is Biden basically working for this private company, the Fed, in order to borrow more money than what this country can afford. And it's like he doesn't get the idea of when you dump a bunch of money into an economy, you reduce the value of that money, in this case, dollar bills. Dollars won't buy as much as they could buy or have been buying when inflation is not present. And that's all inflation really is. It's too much money 
in the economy to the point where its value is lost. And it's just like anything. Diamonds, you know, why are diamonds so expensive? Because they're hoarded by a couple of uh, countries and their businesses, and they make it rare. Rare things cost more money, in case you haven't realized that. And so that's what's happening here. The gasoline, the cost of gasoline and other uh, commodities are, are going out the roof. Gasoline, that's a simple little thing to handle. But Biden and his administration don't seem to see that. You know, they they closed off a bunch of, of this country's ability to produce oil. The XL pipeline is one, and a bunch of drilling rights is another because they're pushing the Green Deal, right? They're pushing renewable energy. They're pushing solar energy as being clean, right? This is that whole thing about, um, what's that guy, what's that representative who's pushing, uh, oh, that global warming, which is, which is just a farce. I'll tell you right now, this planet goes through phases when it gets really, really warm, and then it goes back the other way. And that's what's happening here. But politicians and people who want to make money are taking advantage of that and saying, oh, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. So we have to do this. We have to do that. And money goes into the people who are saying we have to go this, we have to do that. Money goes into their pockets and comes out of ours. Granted, all right, you know, I understand that um, you know, oil burning uh, machinery puts affluence in the, or effluence or whatever you call it, chemicals into the environment. Uh, and that's not a good thing over time. So I don't have a problem with going green and solar and that sort of thing. But it should be done on a gradient. Not like, okay, we're going to do it right now. You know, and, and start forcing people to looking towards electric as a source of energy. Electric cars. And we see that a number of uh, car companies coming out with electric vehicles. And mainline car companies here in this country doing a similar thing. All scrambling in order to meet the demands that they are saying is going to be happening in the not-too-distant future. But anyway, the gas prices are what they are. I know in this state that I live, the uh, government recently signed uh, some sort of uh, executive order that stops or cuts off or where no longer fuel companies, gas companies, oil companies have to add the tax that the state collects to the cost of gasoline. So that's going to reduce because... A lot of the gasoline cost is uh, taxes. I forget the actual numbers, but we're already seeing um, a drop off on that. Like in the last week, is it's dropped off ten cents, and they're still selling gasoline right now that they bought at the old price with the taxes. So over the next week or so, we'll start seeing that drop off even more. And and that 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 thing was signed by the uh, that paper was signed by the the governor uh, to kill that tax until May. So that'll help us a lot because everything travels by truck. Whatever you look around can see it's gotten there somehow or another by some truck and trucking company. So if their costs go up, the cost of merchandise or the retail cost for buying their products that they move goes up also. It's simple economics. And you would think, well, Biden doesn't know this. Biden knows this, but there's another agenda going on here that the left and this is another stupid thing, the left and right, but enough on that. The uh, the left wants to push this whole um, clean air environment thing. And they're pushing it, not so much for the people, I'll tell you right now. Because when have you known a politician that actually does something for the people? There's not many of them. There have been some, of course. And that's what they're trying to do. And there's big bucks behind this thing. 
Anyway, that's that's my two cents on that subject. Recently here in Georgia, there was House Bill number 1013 that was put forth. I was part of a group that was fighting it. The bill was just laden with psych, psychobabble, we call it, you know. And uh, it's called the Mental Parity Bill. Well, first of all, it's and it's being, oh, I guess it, it's putting a lot of giving not only credit, but power to psychiatrists and psychologists to step in and handle people's mental difficulties. Now, in the first place, these two subjects, psychiatry and psychology, these are not valid sciences. They are not based on truth. They are not based on predictable results. In other words, if you go to a psychiatrist and go, this is what's going on with me, you know, can you can you fix it? Well, we can't guarantee that we can fix it, uh, but we can give you these drugs. Similarly to a psychologist, well, we can't guarantee uh, we can fix your fear of uh, fire hydrants. But if you keep coming to us, you know, over time, you know, it'll get better. Now, psychiatry, psychiatry, psychology, these are based on the word psyche. Psyche has to do with a spirit or mind. Ology means the study of it in the case of psychology. These guys don't know what the mind is. Matter of fact, until 18, the late 1800s, it was known that man was a spiritual entity. That got changed in Germany um, to man was not a spiritual entity, but was basically a collection of cells, and that the brain was the actual center of uh, control for a human body instead of the being who uses the brain in order to handle and deal, uh, make the body do what it wants to do, which is the correct analogy. All, most of your nerves end up in the brain. And so in order to control the body, you have to be able to um, manipulate the brain, then get the various body parts to do what you want it to do. It is not the thinking agent of the body. But that's what they are operating off of. They, by the way, psychiatrists, in my opinion, are failed doctors. They couldn't cut the mustard, so they went into psychiatry. And they go off the, uh, the viewpoint that if you can't see it, hear it, and measure it, it doesn't exist. And of course, they cannot see or measure a spiritual entity. But it is there, I assure you. And you probably are familiar with this yourself. And, and so they embark on um, carving up the brain, doing various things to the brain, electroshock, uh, prefrontal lobotomies, in order to handle man's mental stress. Well, they don't know what a mind is to begin with. And they, they say it's the brain. It's not the brain. They say memories are, you know, each one or each brain cell has so many memories. Well, technically, you would run out of brain cells within a, a very short time uh, in terms of putting memories on them. So memories have nothing to do with being stored in the brain at all. But away they go, and they make a great deal of money. And now they're trying to get government to uh, to pay them or, or make them, help them make a lot more money. Insurance companies are already doing their best to help make them a lot more money. Anyway, this bill, HB 1013, through some efforts of concerned Georgians and a group that I was part of, raised a bunch of stink at meetings. And it finally, it did pass, but a lot of it got changed that would have been harmful to people in general. So that's good. And that's an example where protests have come into effect and actually bring about a positive change. Because there were protests. We were there at the state capitol. We were there at a state capitol building, in a room rather, voicing our opinions. And these lawmakers heard it. And they made the changes. 
So there is something good to say about protesting when it's done nonviolently. And the last subject for this particular freewheeling episode has to do with marijuana. Marijuana um, is becoming more and more prevalent. States are legalizing it. And again, here's your politicians at work because, of course, they, they, they aren't looking at the effects of it medically, uh, you know, physically or mentally. They're looking at the taxes that can be collected for that. But marijuana today is not like the marijuana of the 60s and 70s, which uh, a lot of it came from, from Mexico, right? We used to, I used to call it um, fireworks marijuana, right? Because it was, you know, you'd buy a, a bag of it, a $10 bag of it, and it would be loaded with uh, little bits of stems and seeds. And when you rolled it up, you had to be careful not to get any seeds in there. Otherwise, you would, uh, they would pop. But anyway, that's not what it is today. It's a lot stronger than um, purified, shall we say. And the effects mentally and physically are greater than they were back then. And one of the main effects is that it really stultifies or really reduces motivation to do stuff. It kind of lays you back, if you will. And there isn't a day that I don't go out driving somewhere that I don't smell that in some car that's past me or some car that's in front of me. There's a, a common strain of it called skunk. And it's called skunk because that's the way it smells. Actually, when I first moved into this apartment, I thought there was a skunk somewhere about and, and alerted the uh, the leasing office about it to put some traps out. I bet they had a, a good laugh on that. It was actually the marijuana. But in this apartment building that I'm in right now, it's one of a number of buildings, and um, there are marijuana smokers here. And somehow or another, they, I think they smoke in the bathroom and it gets into the ventilating system and ends up in my, in my bathroom. But the leasing office, um, their hands are tied legally in a sense. You know, you can't just go open the door and go in where someone is suspected of that. That's, that's a legal no-no. And you, and you could call the police and get a warrant, but good luck getting that for what would probably be a misdemeanor. And so uh, this continues and goes on in this apartment complex and continues and goes on other places too. I know it's a situation here. And um, so I have to combat it by just keeping my bathroom doors closed. But again, marijuana is not the, uh, excuse me, be all and end all type of uh, a fix for mental uh, difficulties. You know, it is not at all. Uh, and it is a poison. All drugs, which marijuana is a drug, are poisons in the body reacts to poisons by trying to um, inhibit it. And so what happens is that the person who's taking a drug, socially or otherwise, will have to take more of it in order to get the same effect because the body is resisting it. And that's basically what happens. And so you get marijuana as being a gateway drug. And, and a lot of folks have said, no, it wasn't gateway a gateway drug. And I was one of them years ago, you know, no, no, and you know, I'm not going to end up doing heroin and that sort of stuff. Well, I got news for you. I ended up trying heroin. Unfortunately, I didn't um, shoot it up, but I snorted it. And, and knew at that point right there that I went any further, I was a goner. But that came from, you know, okay, we want something else. We want to try something else, you know. But in actual fact, there was stuff going on in my life that I wasn't dealing with, and it was making me unhappy. And who likes to be unhappy? And marijuana, at least that marijuana, would make you laugh your ass off. Um, and so that was considered a good thing by me. But after a while, I, I got the message and, and actually stopped all drugs at that point. Not because anyone told me to or anything like that, but just as like, okay, this is not doing what I had wanted to do, wanted it to do. 
Matter of fact, it's making things worse for me. All right, so that's the end of my um, my views on a couple of subjects. I, I hope uh, you've learned a thing or two, and, and, and hopefully you concur with me on some of them. That concludes this episode. Thank you so much for spending some time with me, and I hope you learned something from this. Or at least that you're entertained in some way. Talk to you later.